Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, we have Liz Carroll. She and her husband are debt-free and are living the life that they intended for, what, 30 years ago? Yes, exactly. They started when, on their 20s. She's got an amazing story. And I think what you're going to really appreciate the most uh, amongst many of the things we talked about, but I think we're going to get the most of, we talked a lot about the power of asking what you want your future self to look like in other words what what do you what do you where do you want to be and just the idea of connecting to your future self is pretty powerful and helps you navigate where you are today with where you want to be so we get into that a little bit further but i'll just i'll just leave it at that hmm. <laughs> so if your your future self has talked to you in her case it helped her to not just you know shape her life but her real estate strategies are not the ones that you are hearing a lot about. So it's very interesting how they match their real estate strategy to their lifestyle and pivot and took a step back, not, not a step out, right? A step back and reframe their entire life to make it work and leave financially free. So it's, it's a must again. I know you heard me before, but this is a must for you. It's so, so good. You know, I lost myself in this interview, so I think you're going to do the same. Enjoy. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation home owning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back for another episode of the Real Estate Invest Her Show, where we interview some amazing, amazing women, just like Liz Carroll. Welcome to the show, Liz. Thank you. So glad to be here. Yeah, we're so excited to jump into Liz's story and all the wonderful things she's done and created for herself. Uh, we're going to get there in a moment. And as we all like to do, all like, like we have a million people here, but we, like we, do, <laughs> we like to do uh, at the beginning of all of our episodes is to really connect with all of you amazing women listening. And thank you for listening. Thank you for being here with us for another week. Um, we are so honored and blessed that you spend your time with us. So I really, really want to make sure that that's clear. So we'd like to connect with you. And Andressa, you're on this week. What is, what is happening? What is coming up for you? So, you know, we're all, all in um, new waters, right? Nobody knows how to deal with this circumstances. Uh, by the time this uh, podcast is released, probably something new happened. So I'm all about creating and getting new tools for my toolboxes my toolbox, because I, I feel that we cannot deal with the circumstance with the same tools that we had before. So the only way that I personally can deal with circumstances is really like to improve and expand and grow my mindset. So I'm reading this book called Already Free, and it talks about the term linkage. And the way that the guy 
explain is that imagine like dominoes, right? You have dominoes and they're all next to each other and you click one and then it goes, knocks all the other dominoes down. And we tend to do this in our life. One, one situation, we might link to another, another, another. And at the end of the day, we had a bad day because we linked all those circumstances and and he was saying he was showing a different approach that we don't necessarily need to link one situation to another and it all comes down to the first step is like awareness the situations are going to be there the only thing that might change is our perspective and he used another analogy he says let's say if you're walking down the street and you look in a window but the sun is reflecting and you cannot see anything inside that window, right? But then you, you walk a little bit more and then the sun is no longer reflecting it and you can see it through. So the analogy that he did, it was like, okay, the sun reflecting it to you, you won't be able to see through because it's a reflection of, of who you are. You, you need to change your perspective. And I truly believe that more than ever, this is the time for us to gain knowledge and practice because knowledge without practice doesn't work. So reading new things and it's kind of weird about everything that I'm like reading now, it seems like, oh my gosh, did they know that all of this was going to happen? Because now I feel that I can hear it and I can see it different. The message comes to me because I'm ready to hear that message now. So I just want to share with you guys and highly encourage you guys uh, listening or, or reading this book called Already Free. The link is on our website and it's going to be on our show notes as well. So check it out. That's wonderful. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I always heard once, I've heard from a lot of different people that saying that the book doesn't change, but we change, right? So that's when you reread a book, you're like, I forgot about that, you know? And it's not that you, you know, just that you're evolved. So the book's the same, the book's the same writing, you know? So that's a great point. I love that. Um, we'll put that in the show notes. So without further ado, Liz, uh, thank you again so much for being on our show. We just, yeah. you know, we always said, uh, Jess and I said, when we started this podcast two years ago, we said, if no one listens to this podcast, we will get so much of, out of this because we're connecting with such amazing women. So um, thankfully, that's not the case. There are people listening. and we're Yeah. <laughs> but we're, 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 we get so much from this too. So thank you. We always like to start by asking our um, the women that we interview, what propelled you? Like what inspired you to get involved in investing? Well, you know, it's a kind of a it's 30 years. It's a 30 year story. So I'm going to truncate it just as much as possible by doing the kind of beginning in the now. Right. So, um, I started investing at 22, right after I got married. Um, so my husband and I married in May where this next month, we're going to be celebrating our 30th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. And, um, we were scheduled to go on this fabulous European <laughs> vacation that we had saved for. And it was all anyway. So needless <laughs> to say that has all changed. We'll find a new way to celebrate. Um, but after we were, my husband had been um, already he had bought a home before we were married that he house hacked before this was even a term, right? So he bought a brand new house, had three of his fraternity brothers move in. They paid the mortgage. He did all the sweat equity. We got engaged. I didn't want to live with fraternity guys. They, you know, they're gone. Anyway, needless to say, we went to a program called Engaged Encounter through our church. Hmm. And we mapped out what we wanted our marriage to look like. And one of the things we wanted to, we wanted to build wealth in our marriage, right? And so we, right after we got married, we re relocated states. So we left the um, Northern California area where I was, had grown up and um, moved to Spokane. And the prices were so different in real estate. Um, we had our, we'd bought a home up there. But my husband was looking through like, you know, actually like the want ads. This is back when you read like a physical paper. And he saw that there were these, you know, he was looking at house prices. And he's like, there's some really inexpensive. I got to go look at this house. What is this house like? And uh, like I said, we were young. Um, and so we, he found one. 
and he's like, I think you should come look at this house. And I'm like, I don't know if that's really what I want to do. And I don't know how to be a landlord. I'm 22. I was, <laughs> you know, by the time we closed, I think I was 23, but we bought our first property. We didn't have any money. We came back from our honeymoon, which we paid cash for <laughs> with like $20 in our pocket, but we both had good jobs, you know, decent jobs. And so when we found this um, little rental that was $13,625, wow. uh, the Where? owner, it was in Spokane, Washington, but this was 30 years ago. Remember, this is a long time ago. <laughs> The um, owner said he would carry the contract. My husband talked to him and he was wanting to get out. And, but this was a good way for him to exit was just still collect a payment. So I called my dad and I said, will you loan us the down payment till the end of the month? Right. So that we could close. And then once we got paid, we'll, we'll pay you back. And so my dad was, my parents had had rentals um, just on our farmland. So not, not rentals that weren't outside the farm property, but so my dad was like, okay, well, you can, if you guys think the math will work and we he got his money right back at the mm -hmm. end of the month. And, um, then we did the next one and then we did the next one. And so then we took a, a break. So we took a break. Uh, once our kids came along, it became to be, it was just too much to manage rentals. And, um, so we took about a 10 year maybe break and then got back into it in uh, 2004 with a 16-unit apartment complex. And we were both well into our careers at that time. And I think one of the things I love about your podcast is that you talk about the work-life balance, right? And that's one of the things that I, we had to scale back because we were like, this isn't how we want to do our full-time jobs because this has always been a side hustle for us, always. And so we were scaled back. And then in 2004, we got back into it by buying this 16-unit um, apartment complex. And we had a management firm. And we were still focused on our careers. And this was just a way to build wealth. Uh, but we didn't really feel like we were building that much wealth. It felt like it was, you know, we never really, tr we tried several management firms. It just didn't seem like it was the right. We were focused on our kids and our career. and then. Um, 2008 came around, 2009, and we were still in very solid jobs during that time, and we had been diligent, um, I would say diligent, we had goals about the, and I'll go into that just a little bit too, but we, so needless to say, we made a shift in um, 2010, by the time that we saved up some more money, and we started buying uh, distressed properties and then uh, remodeling them. And then we decided that's when we made the shift to go to a really probably about by the time it all came through was 2014 is when we went, no, we're going to do this all debt free from now on. And that's where our, um, our growth has come and our uniqueness, I think, in the market, because I think we went back that original guy that sold us the the little white cottage with the Pepto Bismol pink trim that was thirteen thousand dollars, we are now that guy, that guy that we have built this great portfolio, and now at some point we're going to sell those houses on owner contract to someone else that wants to get started. Eventually, you know, right now we're good, but and then we'll be able to help someone else. There's a lot to unpack there. I have so yeah, many different I things I want to like, go go yeah. there. But I know Andressa's always got something. Did I cut you off, Andressa? No, here's what I, I just want to acknowledge one thing, because I think we hear a lot in this business. Well, you get started like this, and then you scale, and then you have X amount of doors. It's like the story that we have about finances, right? You go to school, have good grades, and then you get a good job, and then you get married, and then you have one kid, and then you have second kid, two cars, two more, whatever that is, story is. And I think that I want to acknowledge you guys to really like stopping and really reevaluating where your marriage is, your life is, your kids, your priorities, and there's nothing wrong with taking a break, with selling it, with taking a, wait, hold on, 
I need some time over here to reassess. I'm going to shift. Because I think that sometimes we all put so much pressure on the amount of doors and, and because we want to reach that financial freedom, but that never gets there because you work yourself out mentally, physically, your kids are growing and that time it's gone. So I really want to acknowledge what you and your husband did as an example that it's all possible to still achieve financial freedom and have a quote-unquote balanced life, whatever that means to you guys, because it, it is just such a great example that is yeah. possible. There, there is another way of doing things. My question to you is, did you struggle with that in terms of, oh, is this a step back? Why are we stepping back? Or, or you both were on the same page in terms of, okay, we need to take time, reassess, reevaluate, and then we're back again, reassess and evaluate. Was that a, a common agreement between you guys or, or something that you guys had to mentally hustle? I think we both we both were um, very aligned in that, that this was our time. One, we built this McMansion house, so we needed to sell everything to, I was 25 and we were building a 4,000 square foot house. And it was, you know, there was so, there were things that, there were decisions we made that required that we had to liquidate the, our initial re, uh, rentals, which was fine. I mean, we were, you know, it was, when I think back of it, I think we were kids, but we were taking risks and we were doing it. I look at the peers that we were aligned with at the same time then, you know, and I think the difference is, is we're retired now, right? We're at 50. My husband was able, 51, he was able to step out of his job. And I waited until I was 52, just because I had some personal goals I wanted to attain. But we just took a little bit of a different route. Um, so what, when we reevaluated, one, we built this house, so we had to step back. So let's just be clear there. Though. And I think that move um, got us in over our head. And I'll be, I felt like we were on a treadmill. We, you know, when you build a big house or you buy a big house, this is something that I would coach someone any with their marriage is like, that ego is, you got to check the ego. And I think, Andressa, that's what you were talking about. That number of doors, the number of square footage of your house, the, the location of your house. All of that comes with a price. And we just went, this isn't, we don't care how many doors we have. We care about cash flow. And you know what? I am going to go to my grave talking about cash flow and not doors. Because I could care less how many doors someone has. It's how much money are you making? And, but the, the thing that with the house we had this, we were on this treadmill and it was like, you know what, we could do something. We could, this can't be how we live. And so that's in 97 is when we read the um, financial peace book by Dave Ramsey. And that's what the turning point for us was, is that, you know what, we're going to go back to how people used to live. We're going to live completely debt-free. And that's when we made the shift to paying off our primary residence, paying off our second home, then putting all of our money. I mean, we sent our kids to private schools. We did all the other stuff. We just made it, we were very intentional. We we're mindful with our money. And then we decided let's build a business. Um, and now we, our business takes care of us. So um, that's awesome. And, you know, you know, the whole cash flow versus doors. I, th I think that's like hashtag, you know, um, yes. or whatever that is. I'm so like that. I wrote the same thing. I know. I, I'm like 90 years old. I'm like, whatever that is, the hashtag stuff. I don't understand. I always feel like I age myself because I never know what I'm doing. But the question I have for you is that, you know, we are, my husband and I are primarily in multifamily. And, you know, before, you know, even before this, the world stopped, you know, with everything going on, a multifamily was very hot. Um, and, and it will always be an asset class that people will, will buy and will do well with and what have you. But that's a big statement, right? So you had a 16 unit multifamily that most people listening would, would be like, oh, I want that tomorrow, you know, and, um, and then I want bigger right? Because that's, you know, the path. Um, it, it, we did that. We did it very slowly and we were very intentional about it. But I think that is a common story that we hear, just like Andressa said. 
So I'm curious though, to get inside your head, you had the 16 unit and then you pivoted. So tell us a little bit about that because I think that's really critical. It's not about the asset class. It, it, I'm sure you're going to share in a moment about your goals, what was working, what wasn't, what serves you best. And I think we don't ask that enough. We just think about the next purchase or the trajectory we're all on versus is this, is this really working? You know, is this really yeah. yielding what we want it to yield? So I really want to just unpack that a little bit, that transition, that pivot and what specifically you went through to get there and then um, why and how and anything else you want to share? Happy to. And there was a very strategic move. It was very specific as to why we did this. And when we started looking at our goals, like we wanted our original goal that we wrote out in 97 is that we would be um, able to retire at uh, 2017. Okay. So we, we wrote a 20 year goal after reading a simple book. And so, Andressa, I loved your open about, you know, this book that you're open to it right now. Like you, you're reading a book because you're thinking differently and you're hearing the words in that page, those pages differently. Right. And it all yeah. has to do with your mind and where you are. Right. So when you manage your mind, everything else is easier. So we really went down and went, okay, what do we want? 16 units, 16 doors that's all in one property, right? So it's one sale. Even though you can think about it as doors, it's just one. So all of our eggs were in one basket. That's how I thought of it. And Dan and I, we talked all through this. Instead, we said, and there's a lot of costs available with, um, you know, you're taking care of a park, you're paving a parking lot, you're paying trash, you're paying water and sewer. There's, there's things that we, with that property, we had to have a management firm. And we, we actually, because of the way that Dan and I approach being landlords, we also had an on-site manager for that property that was um, bilingual because it, it was an entirely um, Hispanic building and which was intentional for us and what we were looking for. Um, and so there were a lot of costs associated with that building. So having all our eggs in one basket, we looked at it and said, is that what we want to take into our retirement? No, we want to have 16 individual houses that over the years we can pluck one here and there and sell it. And, you know, when I want a new car or when I want to go on another big trip or whatever, right? Just it gave us more flexibility going into our retirement years, which for us was pretty young. I think it's so fascinating. And I think you, you said something so helpful. You said in 97, we figured out when we want to retire, you know, and then we said, okay, what, what would we want that to look like? I mean, I, your every move has been very intentional for you. And I think most people don't realize that they, they think that it's just like, you just wake up one day and like you have what you don't just have what you have and unless you think differently and you do things differently. We all come in sense, but that's, that's not what most people think. And I, I love that. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I think, you know, I love multifamily, you know, that's where we primarily are, but I have to tell you through this experience, my husband and I have done a lot of talking, a lot of processing, a lot of conversations. Cause we like you and your husband, we met and we're like, where do we want to be? And what kind of life do we want to create? We're very much like that in our twenties too. And I said, and we both said recently, we're just like, you know, this is, this is a fascinating thing to happen. Are we too leveraged in multifamily as an asset class? And we just start talking about it. And what does that look like? And what might that mean to pivot or to kind of have some other variety, you know, just, just to kind of diversify a bit. Um, so I just, I, I, I think that's a really excellent point we all need to look at. Whatever we're involved in is not the golden egg. It, it, it you know, to your point, um, we don't, we don't, we just read blogs and posts and we're like, yeah, that's it. And multifamily is amazing. And, and it is in, in a lot of ways, but it's not necessarily right for everyone with their goals and to what you're saying. It's just, you know, are you, do you have all your eggs in one basket? And it's an interesting philosophy. Not a lot of people are talking about. Um, right. And I, I just think that's really important. And we still have one, we have one fourplex, you know, so the, we do have one. And um, when we sold our 16 unit, we took the cash and bought bought that fourplex for cash because uh, we had had a mortgage on the 16-unit apartment complex. And that that is our most challenging property to manage. And it's because when you have people sharing walls, they, you know, it's just like there's there's more drama, right? So Absolutely. that <laughs> that is, uh, that's the, or, you know, they're so-and-so's 
car door, dung my door, you know, I mean, all of that stuff is like, that is not an existent in single family homes. Now, another thing is though, is our, we live on the Oregon coast. So our properties are pretty expensive here. So for us to be able to be um, debt-free uh, landlords, we had to find something that would work for us um, to be able to buy. And we started out, we have one, um, we moved all of, we raised our children in Portland, Oregon, and that's where our apartments were. But uh, we knew, always knew we were going to retire at the Oregon coast. So here, another example of like, we mapped out what do we want? And then we had a game plan to be able to get there, right? So we knew we were gonna live on the Oregon coast which meant we wanted to, in our strategy, we wanted to self-manage. We set parameters of, we don't want any of our properties more than 50 minutes away. We, and then, then what can we buy within 50 minutes? And we started, and my husband gets all the credit for this, but we started doing, and we run everything by each other, but he's the one who finds most of our properties. Um, we decided to, to go to manufactured homes. And because things are expensive in our, in our county, there's, there's only 17,000 houses in our, our county, and half of those are vacation beach homes. Mm. So we, we decided when we came out to the county, we're like, how do we serve? And I love that you were talking about that before the, we started, Liz, is that we're servers, right? I mean, that's the, how do we do good in our county? And that we found that there was a real problem for workforce housing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And so we decided we were going to be long-term because there's a lot of second home um, vacation rentals here. So you take half those houses out. There's not a lot of places for her, the workers to live. Mm -hmm. So we decided we were going to focus on workforce housing. And through manufactured homes. So it's interesting because instead of looking, oh, let me look at the real estate industry and see what is working, what is hot, what is not, you kind of didn't disregard, but put that aside and focus on, okay, what are my criteria that meet my life goals? And then from there, what are the the how can I resolve, resolve the problems within the 15 minute radius? I think it's brilliant. And I think that that might have give you like a peace of mind, tremendous peace of mind that you're like, I'm right here. I don't need to be anywhere. I can, but I choose not to. And you touch about the mindset, right? So I came across Dave Ramsey a couple of months ago, which is weird. And I was like, how did I, did I come from Brazil? So I was like, okay, why I didn't hear for this guy. And now I hear him about him everywhere and going through all his courses and books to really um, get 
part of my mind understands a hundred percent debt-free mentality. And my other part is like, huh? Right now, the 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 interest rate is so low. Why can't I just leverage that? And then so it's it's a battle. Does that make sense? It's a battle in my hand, okay? Um, a lot of people right now are using credit cards. I did the experiment and I, I haven't been using my credit card, I believe six months, something like that. After I went through his his books, I didn't cut them yet. <laughs> <laughs> didn't cut them yet. But I think that it's it takes time for you really evolve and, and reframe, I would say, reframe in terms of, I don't really need credit cards and I don't need, I can't pay all my loans. I can't do all of this. I guess where I need help and support is like the battle. My real estate developer side is saying the interest rates are so low. We can leverage all of that. And the other part is saying, imagine how would it feel to be debt free? So do you have... Do you have a, a secret pill that I can take? <laughs> oh, Andressa, I tell you, this has been a challenge for my husband and I also, because we see things, it, you know, right now there's not a lot of great opportunities. We've been looking, we would buy more, right? So, but I would, and I know that's in my mind that they're not great opportunities. I'm talking like math, right? It's like we're, our average rents are, you know, we look for three bedroom, two bath homes. Our average rent is about $1,400 a month. Um, and I mean, we have two properties with ocean view. I mean, it's like, there's, there's, they're not bad. It's like when I, I want, I want to last night, Dan and I were playing monopoly. I know we're all doing different things. Right. So, but we're kind of St. Charles to New York. We don't go past New York. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I want yeah. buy. So the, on the part of the mindset about I can tell you that there's so much uncertainty and that word is used so much today, but I am certain that I do not owe anyone any money. I have so much certainty right now that no bank, I'm not looking at interest rates and I get it. I totally get the math on other people's money and all of that stuff. And that's how we started, right? Remember we called my dad and the first three deals we did were owner contract. And then we had a loan with the bank. We went through that whole process for the 16 unit apartment complex, but we have not done one since then. So I know nothing about, I mean, if anyone wants to come talk to me about financing, I am not your gal. If you want to talk about a debt-free mentality or how to manage your mind so that you can build wealth and grow, I'm your gal. Does that yeah yeah and, and it is refreshing to me because since you take that part out it is all all new all the possibilities are there and then the question is how can i how can the ladies that are listening get to that path and i think that it starts with the mentality right because if you're not have that foundation and reframe the battle will continue if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a decision, right? I think mm -hmm. that's exactly what you're saying is that we made a decision and then we wrote a plan and now we've had to modify that plan over the years. I mean, there's things that have come up. Now, the good news is, is we were able to college educate both our children and that they are adulting really well. And I mean, all this stuff that we did along the way, right? That all, mm -hmm. all was part of the goal. But I think that, um, I think that, that we're going to have to modify a little now also yeah. because we, one, we could uh, get more money if we find deals. There are going to be deals. There's no doubt about it. There are going to be deals. And Dan and I put ourselves in a position to where we can get money if we need it. I think that's, and yeah. we, could, we could change and I'm not ruling out that we wouldn't change to um, leverage some of our portfolio. Absolutely. But we have a solid portfolio right now that we do could leverage. I mean, that we could leverage. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think that one, one piece that we all hear that free, it sounds, you know, amazing. It's many, uh, many people have that, that goal, that freedom, the 
peace in, in, in the mind. But what I want to talk about right now is like what it took to get there. What are the sacrifices that you got there? Because um, I hear, I hear so many people saying, yeah, what does it mean to live below your means? What, what, what are the things that or there was no sacrifices that you had to really go through? Um, I think that you had to pivot during your time. But I want to hear from you what your family experienced in terms of what are, were the choices, the smart choices that you had to make in order for that goal to happen? Oh, that's a great question because we were a little weird. And our kids sometimes are like, okay, come on. We were, and I'm not saying that we were, uh, we lived in a nice neighborhood, but we lived in probably one of the not nicest houses in that neighborhood. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, our house was great. We were on this awesome cul-de-sac and our kids will always remember that they lived in a fabulous neighborhood. But we just intentionally chose all, at every decision, does this fit in our overall goal? What is my future self? What does our future self want? And does that mean that we buy the, go out and buy the brand new Suburban or do we buy the Suburban that's two years old? and we pay cash for it. And then, cause we kept always doing the calculation of what is this worth to us? And that's the, that's the beauty of it. It's like, is it worth it? And I think that's the part about the balance, right? The, for the, particularly for us mothers, because I stopped working full time um, when our son was going into third grade and I scaled back, I, but I kept my job and I was part-time, right? So I worked school hours, but that way I could be there before and after for the kids. Once our son started driving at 16, then I went back to full-time. So it's like, I didn't ever step out. Does that make sense? I just stepped back, but it was all very intentional. And I think that's the, the, the best answer to your question is sure. that we, every, every decision we weighed against our plan. I think a huge takeaway here, because the answer is different for all of us, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's the beauty of what we're in. You know, you could talk to 10 people and they probably got financially free in 10 different ways with some similarities, but you know, the, the, the rows might've looked a little different. So the woman listening, and I think we all need to ask ourselves this constantly is like, what is our, you know, what is the, what is our future self really want? you know, and what do we really want our life to look like? And, and just start asking those exploratory questions. And then if you have a spouse or a partner, close friend, ask it with them. And then, you know, you start to share what you have and, and then you work backwards, right? Okay. So if that's what we want, what do we need to do now for that to happen? I mean, we all need to spend time doing that. I think you need to continually look at doing that. It's not like a one and done type of thing. Um, some of us forget to do that. I mean, I'm reading a book, like I was saying earlier, before we started this interview. And I'm like, I read this so many years ago, but I need it so badly right now. You know? And I think that's the same with goal setting. You have kids, you don't have kids, you, something happened in your business, whatever that is, but constantly need to ask, what does my future self want? It's not a one, it's not even a once a year thing. Honestly, lately, I'm like, I ask myself it all the time. You know, know. It might, you know, just especially when we're going through what we're going through, um, really important time to do that. Pretty exploratory. Well, and I think that's a good point also right now. It's like, does my future self want me to have that third glass of wine right now? Or does yeah. my future self want that's me to too. get up and walk? Or does my future true. self want me like, let her be part of all your decisions. That's the I love it. I love future. So uh, that's another hashtag. What does my future <laughs> self want? You know? Yeah. I, I am. I have this, uh, agenda journal, whatever you want to call and one of the questions it says like what your future self will tell you to do now and then i need to answer that i was like wait hold on okay my future self will tell me to do da 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 da, da whatever that is my now self like ah really no but my future self is telling me to do that for sure so I love that mentality because it puts you in a mindset of okay there there like what if you come from that perspective where you want to be you know you can leave now really in peace that you are on on the road to get to that yeah. space 
Yeah. And you include all your senses, you know, any visioning I've done, right. That all five senses should be included. What do you see? What do you smell? Like, um, and, and, you know, I always heard it even now, sometimes I'll, I'll, we'll do some future visioning and I stop myself cause I'm not sure how it's going to happen. Right. We're like, hold on. I'm not sure how that's going to look like, but that doesn't matter. Right. When you're looking forward, it really doesn't matter. Not at this juncture. You, then you work backwards and it finesses, but it's really about, you know, really using your whole being of where do I want to be? What are we doing? You know, it's questions we continually need to ask. Um, Question about, question about your manufactured homes. Tell us a little bit about how you learned about that. I think that's an um, interesting strategy. We've looked at doing that a couple of times, to be honest with you, and um, we just haven't pulled the trigger. It didn't, it didn't make sense for the project we were doing, but I've always been intrigued by it. You know, I, I think it's an intriguing way to approach um, minimizing risk big time, right? Um, so just curious to, to hear that a little bit from you around how you evaluated that as a strategy and, and what you did to kind of just become educated about it? Well, it all started back in 2000, I would say, because my husband and I, when we moved um, out from Spokane to Portland, uh, we knew we wanted to have a second weekend home that was kind of a, a quiet place for us on our weekends. And it was part of our overall strategy that we had from the beginning of our marriage of when we mapped out on that weekend getaway for engaged encounter, which I highly recommend anyone. I don't care about where you go, but it's non-denominational, but engaged encounter is awesome because it really gives you a good uh, blueprint for your marriage. Anyway, we knew we wanted to have a second home. But we were like, okay, how are we going to afford this? We've already, we've committed to this whole debt-free thing. Um, and we were, had already written out our plan. So we found, that's how we found the, where we live on the Oregon coast is we found property. And then to build a house for our second home, we started weighing all the different costs. And then my husband said, you know, we ought to look at this manufactured home. And I was like, there is not a chance. I was so against it. Like there is like, don't even, I will sit in the car. I want to not get out of the car when you would go to this uh, place to look at them. Do you think uh, it's going to be like this vanilla box and I know. no personality, no. right? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that is not what I'm going to have as my weekend home. <laughs> and so I was, um, I was very resistant. And then he said, here's the math. You can either sit in the car or you, this is what we're going to do, you know? And so I got out and I went in there and I went, you have got to be kidding. I had no idea. This is a traditional stick frame home built in a manufacture in a manufacturing facility. It is not a, it's not a trailer. It's not, it, it's not a mobile home. It's a manufactured home. Right. So, um, I went in there, I picked every high-end upgrade they had available, <laughs> and it was the best house for our weekends with our kids, and it was, it was awesome. And now, granted, it's, it's not my forever house. Now we have, uh, we live in a handcrafted log home. I mean, it's a, it's a totally different environment where we're at now, but at that moment in my life, it checked the box of a goal that we had to have a weekend home. On the Oregon coast, there's so many advantages with them. They're elevated off the ground, which means that water, which is a big problem for us with rain, we don't have a lot of the rot that other build stick frame mm. has, right? Mm. So we don't have flooding issues with our properties. We, in fact, we had some of the heaviest rainfall in history in January, and not one of our properties came to us with any kind of water issue. Wow. And we were like, okay, this is amazing. So there's so many, now there's weird quirks about some of them also, especially when we buy the older one, you couldn't get financing. So that works perfect with our um, debt-free mentality is that we can come in, buy the property. Some of them are older. Some of them have been people's second homes, like our original one was. And then we have to, I mean, we've had three that we've purchased from estates where they literally have not come get the food out of the um, refrigerator. I mean, they literally just send, it's like, it is, um, it is a traditional, you go through traditional title company. It's not like we're, these are in parks or anything. We own the lot. We own their mm -hmm. water sewer. That's all hooked up. Um, but we have been able to help people through some difficult times with estates or whatever that my husband and I are willing to do some of the work that we have contacts out here that we can help 
clean and then we remodel the um, property. So we bring them up to, I mean, they turn out really cute. I mean, they can mm -hmm. be very cute. Nice. So that's a long winded answer to your question. No, I love question. that. No, I love that because I think it's it just, I think from a real estate investing perspective, even just as we navigate, we pivot, the question's always about the, the actual strategy. But to your point, you know, what's the market we're going to be investing in, right? So if that, that 50 mile radius is something I want to self-manage, we're doing this debt-free, that's our thing, that is what we're focused on. Okay, let's start exploring all of our options to achieve that. Then the manufactured home strategy came up. But again, most people do it the opposite way, right? They, they see the, the asset class or the strategy uh, versus the, is it going to work within the overall plan and also work within the overall market that you want to invest in. So again, I always say market first, property second, because you know, we get too in love with the actual thing. Like people are talking about mobile home parks or whatever the, whatever the new thing, you know, not new because that's been around forever, but I've heard that everywhere. Like that's the most recession proof or whatever, whatever everyone wants to say and think. But again, it's the opposite. I don't, I don't think you start there. I think you start the other way of, okay, what's the market? What's going to work well for our strategy? Oh, okay, great. Now what are my options? Because yeah. now it's a much more intentional way to approach it, which is exactly what you and your husband did. Um, but yeah, manufactured homes always intrigue me. I, I, I definitely, I just got to get into that project at some point, depending on where we want to pivot to. But I, I just, I just, I think it's, it just really cuts down on, um, you know, your, your risks and, and you have a much more clear idea on costs. But anyway, um, so Liz, um, where can the ladies, you know, hearing this and listening to this, learn more about you? We probably have so many other questions and things to talk to you about. But um, before we forget, I want to make sure I, I give you that chance to connect with the women listening. Well, we're probably most active on Instagram for at Mindful Money Coaches. And then uh, we do have a website, mindfulmoneycoaches.com. And we offer a free consultation for any coaching on that. So we do coach other couples on how to build their dream plan. Very and cool. how to execute that. And then I work individually with women on mindset. I created a program called the 30 day mindful money transformation. And it's where you get that whole awareness it, because so many people don't know where to start. It's like, where are you today, both on the money and your mind? And let's get that ready so that you can build your plan. That's awesome. Love and it. all this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one, Liz, is what's the most transformational book you have ever read? Well, I think I already gave it away. Um, the, the one that just changed my life the most was Financial Peace by Dave Ramsey. I don't think it's in print anymore. Uh, I think he redid it and it's called Total um, Money Makeover now. But that's not, that was my three decades book again, you know, when you think about it, I have just recently read and I want to shout out to um, Lynn Twist of The Soul of Money, because that really goes along with the idea of the how do we serve our county? Because how do we, we're making like a triple win now? How do we how do we help our tenants? How do we help our county? How do we help? Uh, you know, there's the neighborhoods. I think I love that idea of the soul of money. Nice. The second question is, what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Oh, well, I think that ours was to have a plan, right? Have a plan. But I do on a, if you're asking for a habit on a weekly thing, mm -hmm. I, um, I have a process that my coach taught me and um, it's called Monday hour one. And so every Monday morning from seven to eight, I have no notifications, nothing. I really focus on what do I want my week to look like. I practice time blocking. Um, and I, I'm pretty routine, though, I would say. Granted, our kids are grown and gone, and I'm a 52-year-old woman that has a lot of flexibility, obviously. But I like to create a routine, and that Monday hour one really helps me know when am I going to be coaching clients, and I block those times available. When am I exercising? Um, I teach yoga class, so those are already on the calendar, reoccurring meetings. And um, that has been... In fabulous for me because you don't have to make all of those decisions throughout the week. It's like, I already know what I'm going to be doing and I know what I'm going to meals we're going to be preparing or what nights my night to cook. 
and it's all mapped out for me and I take one hour to make all my decisions for the week. It's awesome. I like that a lot. And I think that some people might look that, oh my gosh, we're so like strict and, and, and I see as like more freedom because I thought that one hour and I don't need to run around and just wing it with things and make myself stressed. Yeah, that's right. And I plan my, the first thing, the process of the Monday hour one is you plan your free time first. So I plan my first and then I plan my other activities. I'm going to try that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I like that. I, I did not, I never heard of that before. And I like trying new strategies. That's great. The last question is which women famous or not has inspired you the most? Hands down my mother and, um, my mom just, my mom passed, uh, 25 years ago. So she was young and, um, but she had me young. So I had 27 amazing years with her and my mom kicked the heck out of any glass ceilings. And, um, she was the first woman in her field. Uh, she was a criminal investigator and um, the first woman peace officer in, uh, they called it peace officer, not police officer, even though she went to the police academy. Wow. Um, and she just did some amazing things in wow. her short time. And so now I've lived every day for my mom too. So that's really wonderful. Very inspiring. Yes. Liz, thank you so much for being on our show and, and sharing all your wisdom and all the, you know, just the amazing journey you've been on and, and how you've been able to create what you set out to years ago. So kudos to you. I hope the women listening got something from it and just thanks for being here with us. Well, thank you very much. And it was a slower route. I want you to know it's a slower route, but it was very intentional. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, Go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.